Hello and welcome to the MyCode Podcast. This is episode uh, 003. I am your host, Sergio Delamo. I am uh, joined today by Ivan López. How are you, Ivan? Hello, I'm good. Uh, this is the third episode of the podcast. The uh, MyCode Podcast is a podcast uh, to keep you informed about the MyCode framework. Uh, MyCode framework for those new to the podcast is a framework on the JVM uh, that allows you to build um, applications with uh, Java, uh, Groovy, Kotlin, um, Maven, or Gradle for your build tool, and test it with JUnit, Spock, uh, CoTest. Um, so a, a build agnostic framework to build any kind of applications from web servers to command line applications. Um, in this uh, third episode, I wanted to talk about um, database migration tools, uh, which is uh, something that we support. But before going into that, let's cover the agenda. Uh, for agenda, I want to remind everyone that we are doing something funny uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we are streaming live on twitch.tv slash micronotfw. Uh, so that's the acronym for uh, Micronaut Framework, not Micronaut for the win. <laughs> and uh, we are building an application from scratch. Uh, we have done already, uh, we streamed yesterday the, I forgot if it was the 8th or the 9th, so more or less 8 hours already. Uh, one hour each day, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we are building an application from scratch. We are building a, a, an application to the typical application that you will use if you wanted to have like a newsletter. So it's an application where people can um, uh, fill a form and give you their email address. We trigger like a transaction and email with a confirmation link, which contains a JWT that we sign using Micron Security. When we receive the link, um, uh, we confirm it in the database. We are using Micron Data JDBC. We are using also, for example, Micron Views um, with Finelift uh, Template Rendering Engine. Uh, and essentially, a lot of tests, a lot of controllers, a lot of um, validation. So all the things that you will typically face when you are building a micro application. So if uh, this sounds like your cup of tea, uh, tune in every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you're not able to, we are uploading the videos on demand to our YouTube channel. Um, we don't have a friendly URL for the YouTube channel yet. So for now, uh, visit the MyCode website and uh, scroll to the footer and you will find a link to YouTube uh, or uh, just search in YouTube for uh, MyCode channel. For agenda, uh, in the long-term agenda, um, Micronaut co-founder Graham Roche has a talk in uh, JFocus, uh, which, uh, let me check the dates. JFocus is uh, in February uh, 2022, from the 7th until the 9th uh, of February, and is in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, uh, and I think it's an uh, in-person event, which is exciting. Um, and he's doing a talk about building optimized Java microservices with Micron 3 and GraalVM. If you are um, in Sweden, no-brainer. And if you are in Europe, that's probably like a, a conference to consider. jfocus.se is the URL. Uh, focus with a K. Um, I will include a link in the show notes to both the talk and the conference. That was a lot of uh, housekeeping for the agenda. Let's go back to um, Level Up. 
So level up is a section for those new to the podcast uh, where we essentially give you a tip uh, about using Micronaut. And one of the things that uh, while doing Micronaut Live that uh, I hit, so the beauty of Micronaut Live, the beauty and the and the also beauty uh, is that uh, we are coding live. So uh, you are seeing uh, myself uh, hitting issues, uh, tests that don't pass and I don't know why. And uh, the other day I hit an issue that many of you will probably hit, uh, which is um, we were using uh, Micron uh, JDBC uh, and we had a test annotated with that micro test um, at micro test by default. Uh, so the test was more or less the following. We were like... Um, adding a user to the database with a service. So I was injecting a singleton in the test, saving a user in the database, and the user is saved like unconfirmed, right? And we were testing the... Uh, we have like a confirmation endpoint, which essentially is like the typical... When you click like uh, in a newsletter, when you subscribe and you receive an email and you click and you go to the website and the website essentially confirms your subscription because you have essentially proven that you own the email address, right? So I was testing that that functionality, and what I was doing in the test is I was saving the user, and then I was doing an HTTP request uh, to a control to a Micronaut controller, and the Micronaut controller was essentially like updating the database, and then I was fetching the user from the database and checking that the the status has changed, right, as a result of the HTTP request. And that test was failing. I was failing because if you were not aware of this, this is a, like a good uh, tip to have is uh, by default, micro test will wrap all the tests in a transaction and will roll back at the end of the transaction, right? So if you want to test a scenario such as the way that I described, which I think is a normal scenario, right? A scenario where you essentially like fetching information uh, sometimes directly by injecting a singleton and sometimes in the, indirectly by uh, sending an HTTP request. Uh, the solution is simple. Is in the micro test annotation you can say transactional equals false, and that essentially will uh, disable that behavior. So if uh, you are hitting such a scenario and you don't know why, try um, disabling that behavior, that automatic uh, transaction wrapping, and that may be uh, what you are looking for. Uh, have you hit this issue, Ivan? No, I haven't because um, I don't use that Micronaut test too much. Uh, usually in the projects I've worked on, uh, we kind of wire everything manually because we wanted to have more control about when and how we start uh, the application context and embedded servers. So uh, basically, um, we started what we needed and then at the end of the test, we deleted everything we created during that test to make sure that we didn't pollute any other tests in the in the suite. So if you open like the micro modules themselves, many of them they don't use micro test. Um, in part that's because we started those modules before micro test even existed, right? Yeah. So we have a lot of so what micro test does, and this is a good point that Ivan mentioned is um, micro test by default. If you have like a micro application with a server runtime such as Netty, right, the default one. Uh, microtest will start the server. And sometimes you don't need to start the server for the test, right? So the server start is really fast and you probably don't see uh, like a much, you will not see like a, a lot of downgrade performance in terms of development performance. But uh, the same as transactional, you can send transactional to false, you can set a, a start application SQL false 
and that essentially will in a test annotated with a micro test you will have like the application context so you could like uh, test for example that you can inject a bean um, I, I don't know you want to test persistence and you just want to inject like a, a micro data JDBC service and you want to test like the queries are what you expect them to be but you don't want to test the controller or many tests that you may not need to test the HTTP server, you can do that um, with microtest. Yeah, bear, bear those two in mind. Uh, microtest uh, start application false if you don't need the server, and microtest transactional false if you don't need or you don't want the um, automatic rollback of the transaction. Let's move to the next section. For the next section, I wanted to talk to Ivan, and the reason I invited Ivan is because he has done a lot of work in these modules uh, about database migration tools. So we have uh, many persistent solutions in Micronaut. Uh, some of them involve like using uh, Microdata, either Hibernate um, or JDBC. Uh, we have a MicroSQL module as well. And when you go to MicroSQL, there are like, so this is like you want to have persistence. Uh, maybe you want to use Hibernate and JPA without using Micron data, or you want to use... We also support, in, in MicroSQL, we have support for Duke, uh, JDBI, and I think there are other, other things uh, that we have support in that module. We, we also include uh, some async drivers uh, as the MySQL and the Postgres. Uh, that th Those were created way before, because now if you want to use, if you want to go to the reactive route to access your database, we have Micronaut R2DBC support in a different module, but that, that, that's a different different topic. Many of uh, us, uh, and I include myself, which we have worked with uh, Hibernate in the past, uh, we have delegated sometimes the creation of the database schema to Hibernate, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially, we have mapped our... Um, we have used Hibernate as an ORM, and we have created like entities and... We essentially, Hibernate has created a schema for us. And that's not the best approach. Uh, the approach that we recommend uh, and that uh, we try to like uh, convince every client to use is like use a proper database migration tool where you can define essentially uh, the same as we do with um, with Git, like where you have commits and your code is evolving. Uh, have a represent with a uh, and we'll talk which ways you can use, uh, represent how the schema of the database is evolving. And essentially, when you run your application, if the database is not up to date, it will apply the necessary changes to the schema. And if it's up to date, it will not, right? So that's uh, what we recommend you to do. And uh, one of the features when you create a new Micron application uh, and you select any of the persistent modules, uh, you will see that you have in in application.yaml, which is the default configuration, you will see that you have, I think it's uh, data sources, uh, default, uh, DB create, I think it is. Let me check it. Um, and we set it by default to create and drop, right? Mm -hmm. So when we generate an application... Um, yeah, that's with, with JDBC, with Microdata JDBC. Uh, we try to create uh, the schema for you. The parameter is called data sources default schema generate. We set it to create drop by default. And what we recommend you to do is explore uh, one of these database migration tools and set a data sources default schema generate to none. And with that introduction, um, yeah, please, Ivan, explain which database migrations tools we support uh, in Micro and how um, 
people can use them? Yeah, so we support basically the main, the two main tools out there. I'm not aware if there are more, probably there are more, but the more the two most used tools are uh, Flyway and Liquibase. And we support them for, for a long time. And they are the goal, as Sergio said, is the same. You want to kind of define your schemas uh, as, as along with your code. So when you create a new entity, instead of delegating that to Microdata JDBC or to Hibernate, you need to create the schema that the, the database schema that matches your your domain entity. And and with that approach, what you can do is basically evolving your schema as your application grows. So if you need to add a new field in the future, you need to write a small migration saying, I want to add this field to this table. And if this is the type I want, I allow nulls or I don't allow nulls. And you commit that in, in your in your Git repository with, with your code. So that's what, that, with that approach, if you deploy that to production and you already have the database created because you've, you have been running that for some time, uh, that new schema will be, or that, that update to the schema will be applied and you will have the new field that you need. And, and this is, this is nice because it allows you to, to evolve your, your schema as the same as your code. Because, um, the, the nice thing about these tools is that without this approach, what you will need to do is basically connect directly to the, to the SQL uh, database and, and manually alter database, alter table, add column, remove column. Those kind of nonsense that you probably don't have access to to production, right? And and it can be prone to error, and you can fail, and a lot of things can can go wrong. So both tools are pretty much the same. Uh, you define uh, the the main difference, I think, is that for Flyway, you define your your migrations with with SQL. So you need to to follow a pattern on on the name of the file. So Flyway knows. Uh, when to apply a migration and how to do it, and then it basically executes your your raw SQL. And with Liquibase, uh, the um, you have different formats. The one I've used the most is XML, um, because the nice thing about it is that you have fully support in your ID. So if you don't know how to do anything, basically you hit out uh, Control Space and you have auto completion about adding a column, removing, and do everything you want. So you don't you i'm not really sure if you can write plain sql uh but but this xml thing is pretty pretty simple to use and there is uh, a lot of documentation out there for 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 it and it explains with examples how to do a lot of a lot of things so it's pretty pretty simple to use uh, with base i think you can write like more complex queries uh, like uh, within the xml you can say like uh, you are like for example um uh, adding a column that cannot be null and you need like to populate that column with some value you can do things like that mm-hmm. uh, and both tools they are pretty cool in the sense that you can write like typically like the change describing the change that you do to the column but you can also like write the rollback mm-hmm. and you can also test you can test locally uh, you can like run the migration locally and or even simulate the migration mm-hmm. and see the changes to the database um so for me it's like uh, 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 essentially like a no-brainer if you are like using uh, a relational database uh, with micro you, ca- you have to use any of these two tools mm-hmm. to um to essentially manage your migrations uh, how will people install these tools in a micro application so um, the if you already 
um, have your micro application. Um, basically, it's a matter of adding a dependency. Either IO micro liquibase, micro liquibase, or IO micro flyway, micro flyway. It's just one dependency. And by default, once you add them, they are enabled by default and they look for the default data source. So you don't need to do anything. Just add the dependency and they are there, they are enabled. And the only thing you need to do is uh, if you don't use the default um, directories to put your migrations on, you need to change that. Uh, we explained that in the docs. Uh, and if not, just drop your, your migration files to the appropriate directories. Uh, and that's it. You restart your application, Micronaut detects that, and the tools apply the migration to your to your database. Yeah, so essentially is, we have features also in Micronaut Launch. So we have this mm -hmm. website called, uh, which uh, you can reach if you go to uh, launch.micronaut.io, which is essentially like a web application that with you can have like select features and it will be essentially created like a micro application for you. And it will download a zip folder with the micro application. We have features for both. So essentially, if you're searching features for either Flyway uh, or Leakybase, you will find that you will see that it adds the dependency that Ivan was mentioning. So you will have typically you have the migrations under source main resources, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think there is like, as you said, like a convention for like a and the way you name things with Flyway. In configuration, you can like, uh, do you have to enable it or in the moment you add the dependency, it's enabled? It's enabled by default. In the moment you add the dependency. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, there are like, uh, in all the modules, uh, and this is a good reminder for anyone, when you go to the, uh, uh, when you go to docs.micro.io and you go to either Flyway or Leakybase, uh, you will find the documentation on the top. There is like another link called configuration reference where you will find like all the configuration options that you have at your disposal. If you, as Ivan was saying, if you need like to change the default path where your migrations are stored or uh, any of those things, you can configure that. And uh, how will people know that the migrations um, ha have been run when they start their application? So basically, if you have a a typo or something went wrong, it will fail and you will see a huge stack trace. But uh, if everything works and the application run without any problem and you want to make sure that which or, or not, not make sure, but uh, imagine that you have been running this in production for a year and you have applied a lot of migrations and you want to make sure which, uh, which is the database status for something, right? So we also expose if you are using Micronaut management endpoints, we contribute to those endpoints uh, in either module. So you can you have a new endpoint called Liquibase or Flyway. And that in those endpoints, we expose um, the, the migration that have been run. You have all the information, the date, the IDs, uh, the status, everything, right? So you can, you can check that and you will have uh, all the information. As Ivan said, if you want to have like, so, so these endpoints, if you are new to endpoints in Micron, these are like similar to the health endpoint? that you are probably have used in uh, other frameworks. Uh, we have a, you will have to add the management dependency. Uh, if you are using MicroLunch, search for the management feature. Uh, and it will be something like uh, endpoints.leakybase uh, uh, enable true, I think. And that will enable the endpoint. For all the endpoints, we have another flag typically called sensitivity. 
uh, which will essentially limit the the detail uh, exposed by the endpoint. Uh, and if you are using MyCode security, check the MyCode security documentation because you will find instructions about how to how essentially to customize if you want to secure that endpoint to a particular role so that only some users are able to see the information exposed at that endpoint. You can do that. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much... Um, That's pretty much it, right, Ivan? Yeah, one other thing we do support for both tools is GraalVM. So if you if you are using GraalVM, uh, you can totally use both Liquibase or Flyway. Uh, we support uh, GraalVM since Micro 2 for both tools. So with uh, Liquibase, you don't need to do anything. It's out of the box. It will work. And with Flyway, uh, it's the same unless you decided to change the default um, directory for your migration because as, as the migrations are pre-computed when you build your, your native image we, we need to know those paths to, to look for the migration so if you we, we look for the default um, path but if you change that you need to tell us where are when you build the native image there are instructions on the, on the docs about how to do it uh, but yeah they, they work without any problem This is one of the integrations with GraalVM where we have done some work on our site to essentially whitelist all those static resources, right? Yeah, we, we do have, uh, especially for the Flyway module, because it was more tricky, uh, we do a few things to integrate with, with Flyway, which is not like... So it's not straightforward to integrate your tool or your framework or basically anything. You, you're playing Java application with, with Flyway. I have opened issues in both repositories asking for official uh, Gravian support because that way uh, we framework maintainers don't need to do anything and every user of the of the tools not only uh, our micro users will benefit from from this but in both cases the answer has been yeah we are we probably will add this support in the future but we are not sure if we can do it yet we cannot commit to to maintain this yet so Yeah. Uh, you need to basically if, if you use micro you don't have any problems we, we take care of that and, and we make sure it works and when we upgrade the dependence, the versions of Flyway and Liquibase we make sure that they also work with GraalVM and if not we fix it so you don't need to worry about it going back to episode 1 in episode 1 we talk about uh, the GraalVM test suite and Ivan has a test application for both Flyway and Liquibase. Exactly. Uh, the last thing that I think we have to mention about our integration with Flyway and Liquibase is uh, we support e events uh, for both modules, uh, and this is something that we have in many modules. Uh, so if you want, you can subscribe to, in another episode, we should probably talk about events, but essentially you can subscribe to like a, an event to see when the migration finished or... Mm -hmm. uh, when the schema was cleaned, so you can uh, create like uh, event listeners and subscribe to those events if you need for whatever reason to have more like uh, an audit uh, in your logs. Uh, you can absolutely do that. I think uh, that's pretty much everything people need to 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 know about uh, to get started with the with either module, right? Yeah, that's that's it. Let me uh, thank uh, our sponsors. This episode is possible uh, by the MyCode Foundation sponsors. Uh, we have uh, two sponsors, uh, two corporate sponsors right now. We have OJ Computing, uh, which is our master sponsor, 
and we have uh, Safri.net, which is our bronze sponsors. Uh, thanks uh, a lot to both of them because they make this uh, podcast possible. Uh, and also thanks for all the community sponsors. Uh, I will include a link in the show note uh, if in case you are interested. Um, and thanks to Corbin and Bach, Gis uh, uh, Loinsic, Lucas Moravet, uh, Jim Weiss, uh, Jeff Scott Brown, Danilo Marquez, Edgar Rios Navarro, Goran Erson, uh, Andrew McKee, uh, Balao Subranian, Regas Sami, uh, Philip Eisenbach, uh, Hassan Muhudin, and Jason Siller. Uh, my God, are the names complicated? Thanks to all of you. And uh, let me uh, jump to the uh, last section, uh, which is Guides and Content. Uh, guides and Content is a section where we point you to uh, new things that have been published to the to the MyCode ecosystem. Uh, and uh, I mentioned already in the agenda section that we are publishing all the MyCode Live videos to uh, the YouTube channel. We have a new YouTube channel, so please go there and uh, subscribe because we have a lot of content already because we had a lot of content uh, before in the uh, object computing YouTube channel and we migrated part of that content here. So if you want to consume my content in video format, we have plenty of content there. I wanted to mention a couple of guides. Uh, we have published a guide about uh, Java records. Um, which is uh, a pretty exciting feature uh, that you can, if you are uh, working with uh, JDK 17, the latest LTS uh, JDK version, um, you can use Java Records. Uh, and in the guide, we feature uh, so Java Records for those new to Java Records. And it's not that I have a lot of experience with Java Records myself either. It reduces a lot of the boilerplate for uh, POJOs in Java. So typically where you had a pollo with uh, final fields, with uh, getters and equals and hash code and a constructor, right? Some languages in the JVM, such as Groovy already, like simplify how you will route those pollos. Uh, Coldit has a similar concept with data classes. And this is like the, uh, the Java uh, official way of doing these uh, immutable objects, these like kind of DTOs. Uh, and in for building micro applications, they fit perfectly uh, because there are many places where you want immutable DTOs. And in the guide, we saw a couple. We saw, for example, how to use Java records for immutable configurations. So we apply a Java record to a class annotated with that configuration properties. Uh, we saw how to use uh, Java records uh, for a mapped entity. We support using Java records for uh, mapped entities with uh, MyCode J data JDBC. So you can have like a, a really succinct uh, representation of your database entities. Uh, and we support also Java records and we saw in the guide to do projections. So when you are using MyCode data JDBC, you often do projections from the database where you essentially fetch a couple of columns from the database and instantiate a new object. And this is like a perfect way of, of uh, a perfect usage of Java records because these are like essentially like pure data transfer objects. And the latest uh, use case that we saw uh, in the guide is uh, using a Java record for an object that you want to render as JSON. Actually, the, the whole guide uh, doesn't use any normal DTOs. It uses uh, Java records for almost everything. Uh, and I think this is going to change a lot of uh, APIs and the way that people write uh, Java applications. Um, check the guide. Uh, let us know what you think, because I think if you are uh, in the position to use uh, JDK 17, this is a feature worth uh, of the upgrade. Um, 
The uh, other guide that I wanted to mention is we are publishing uh, guides about uh, leaky base and flyway migration. So check them out as well, which are quite in in line with the episode of the podcast. And I don't have anything else, Ivan. Um, do you want to add anything about anything? No, yes, yeah. as Sergio said, check the guides. Java records are really nice, and it's a new way to to create your pojos when you need to, those to be mutable and you reduce a lot of the code. So yeah, check the guides. They're very good. So thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, we see each other in two weeks. Uh, keep using Microt and uh, keep building nice applications. Thanks everyone. Thank you.